0: One thing that, speaking of apps and all of that is, you know, one thing we fail to do sometimes is we get a lot of clutter on these smartphones, on our computers. And they say, one thing you need to do is you need to log off and reboot, right? In fact, my phone told me the other day, you need to log off and reboot. It did. It's some kind of thing that it does about its own health that it would benefit if you would restart. It cleans up some files and things like that. So it got me thinking, you know, what? this is one thing that some of us need to do. A lot of clutter, a lot of junk, a lot of things. We got a lot of yeah, a lot of stuff that we need to clear out. So let's log off and reboot for the new year because we get so busy. And I know with everything going on, uh, man, there's just so much stuff. So log off and reboot. That's what I'm talk about. And uh, so I try to think of something catchier than that. Are you ready? So catchy, corny, maybe. Okay, so how about this? Uh, if I, oh, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know if I did it right. Oh, there it is. A renewed you in 22. A new you in 22. A renewed you in 22. That's good. I like it. I like it. I'm afraid next year it's going to be. 23 and me. But anyway, if we get there, if we get there. All right. So uh, let's look at this passage. I I want you to turn there. I am going to put them up there, though. Ephesians chapter 5, where uh, Paul tells us this. Now, in this chapter, he started off talking about being imitators of God as beloved children, walking in love. He talks about our walk. Our walk is... Uh, it, it, it is uh, all about our life, the way we live. Your walk is how you live. And he talks about all these things, about our life being a sacrifice to God and, and, and being careful about sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness and, and all kinds of impure talk and all these things that he warns us about in this. And so then in verse 15, it says right before he talks about uh, being filled with the Spirit, he says this. He says, look carefully then how you walk. That means how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Father, help us to open up our hearts and let you teach us today and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. God gives every one of us a gift every single day. It's the gift of time. He's the creator and the author of time. And by the way, God never takes a life. It's never that that happens. It's just he stops giving it. Okay? Um, Each day, every one of us has 24 hours. You can spend it any way you want. God created us in his image, and part of that is uh, our mind, will, and emotion, and he gave you a will, and he lets you decide, because he wants you to serve him and love him out of choice, out of true love, that we get to decide how we're going to spend that 24 hours that we get every single day, but just like a coin, you can spend it any way you wish, but you can only spend it once, okay? Okay? And that's why he's talking about the value of our time here. Now, a lot of people think living in a small town, like in a a community like this, that, man, you guys got relaxed, you know, right, right. Some of you moved here because this is just like peaceful and relaxed, slow pace of life, all of that. And um, and so uh, it's different here. But is that true? Not really. No, because see, here's the problem in small communities is that you get involved in everything. Right? Right? Yeah, we need some more people on council. We need some more people on chamber. You know, we need help, right? We need this. We need that. And and the next thing you know, and your kids are in stuff like like if you're in a big city school, you know, a lot of us, you know, we probably wouldn't be able to be good enough to make the track team or the basketball team or something like that. But here, you know, hey, can can you run? Can you throw a ball? You're, you're on the team, right? And then you know, you're in band and you're in choir and you're in this and you're you know, the, and, and so what happens is is a lot of times instead of just. picking, and one or two things that you can be and We're in everything. And, uh, and so many of the things involved all of us. And um, and that's awesome. And part of what I love about this and that we're, we're we're all so involved with each other, but it's part of why also wears this out as well. So we have people working longer and longer hours, farmers having to work harder and harder, and you can't afford to hire as much help because it's harder to make a living. And then we got a lot of us here that you have the added benefit of living here Plus driving a good ways to work, right? So you add that onto it. So I don't think it's any less stressful or busy. Might be busier. Can I get a witness on that? Anybody? Come on, anybody? Yeah, yeah. I find this is a problem in my life. There are times when um, I. This is one of the pressure points, uh, because many of us have. Occupations and obviously, ministry and being a pastor. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, just, you, I'm not trying to feel sorry for myself. I'm just gonna say this is that there's really not a time when I'm off the clock, so to speak, right? If we go on vacation, it's kind of like. You know, it's good to get away and all of that, but but if you are a shepherd, a pastor, and you love the sheep, you can't stop thinking about them. I can't stop being concerned about how everybody's doing. I can't, I have to guard against a bit of anxiety that the enemy tries to creep in on me of of, of worrying about how everyone's doing and things like that. Not just physically and who's sick or not or who has an accident, but spiritually how everyone's doing. And as one who's gonna have to give account to God someday for all of this, right? Uh, so Hebrews talks about that. So um, I have a hard time sometimes just really unplugging. So I'm going to preach a sermon to myself today and you can listen in. How about that? Is that a good deal? I'm just going to preach it to me. You listen in. All right. So uh, some people are starting to talk about this whole thing of unplugging, logging off, rebooting. Uh, how about this getting off the grid yeah, the whole grid thing's driving us nuts. And so you hear that uh, a lot of times. And people actually moving here hoping to kind of get off the grid. And they find out we're still like, we're actually on the grid now, huh? Right? But anyway, you, you know, but if you're connected, oh, God, I got one. Are you ready? If you're connected to everything all the time, be careful or you might short out. Do you hear that going on in your life, in your brain? You know you're too busy when you're always in a hurry, always in a hurry. You know, uh, uh, uh. your to-do list is always long. You you cross something out. You're never crossing out as as fast as you're adding to it. Um, You you use days off to do what? Catch up on work, right? Yeah. Uh, More than one person has told you you need to slow down. Can I just stop and go to the altar right now? But um, you feel guilty when you relax, you know? I had to be very careful living in town that if I were to have a time after lunch that I kind of get that, as Barney used to say, that sinking spell, and if I sit down and kind of doze off, one of y'all might stop by and catch me napping, and that would just be horrible. Yeah, I gotta, you know, look busy. See, and I learned that as a kid growing up on dairy farm, because especially during the summers, those boys working you know, with dad, and he'd leave us doing something. If he came in, we were goofing off or laying around, or if he come back to the house, come on, Campbells, let's have, a, let's have a witness on this. You know, he'd come back by the house, he caught you laying around, it's just like, oh no. So even if we were at the house and dad pulls back up, it's like, we gotta act like we're doing something, man, real fast, you know, that you boys are gonna lay around here. You know, get your work clothes on. You're going with me. Things like that. So some of that I, you know, maybe psychologically affects me now. And and I feel like, you know, I feel guilty when I relax, like I'm doing something wrong anyway. Um, or maybe you have to get sick to take time off. And or (laughs) Or the only thing is just if you can't get out of bed or now if you are sneezing or coughing because like the worst thing that can happen to you nowadays since all this COVID stuff is like if you're in a restaurant, all of a sudden you think, like, oh, no, I'm going to sneeze. You know, it's like the, that's like the worst thing that can happen. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Uh, but some, some are actually not here today because they're quarantined. So we've been forced sometimes. And there's been a little bit of like, hey, this ain't so bad to have to back off a little bit, right? And uh, then we just slip all the way over and get lazy. But no, we have problems with busyness and we need to sometimes clear up because this isn't the kind of life God wants us to live. Amen. Let's just get some more scripture on this. He tells us in Psalm 127, verse two, he says, it is vain for you to rise up early, to set up late, to eat the, be- the bread of sorrows. Yeah, you know, getting up early, I'm, I'm working late and, and then, you know, just to put food on the table. But he calls it the bread of sorrows. Why? Because it's he, he's the one that gives his beloved sleep. He's the one that causes you to rest easy. Um, if you're burning the candle, you ready? You're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're burning the candle at both ends, you just burn out faster that way. Uh, sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is go to bed. Get off social media. You know, quit looking at videos. Quit reading posts. Go to bed. Log off. Turn off the TV. For crying out loud. Go to bed. Put (laughs) earplugs. I don't mean go to sleep right now, but I mean you know, uh, put earplugs in if you have to. I know, I know, some of you here have kids being like, if it were only that simple. I've got good news for you. They grow up and they move off. No, <laughs> when our kid, listen, listen. <laughs> when our kids were in college, if there was ever a time that I got in bed a little bit early, not one of them, but several of them would call, you know, at 1030, 11 o'clock or something like that. It's just like, forget it, you know? you just can't win for losing. Uh, I guess you, you know if you take the phone off the hook, next thing you're doing, a call a 911 thing, something's wrong, right? right? But anyway, we try. We need to try to do our best. But sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just to get some rest. Um, and a lot of times we don't feel like we can give God the time that he deserves because we're just too busy. And I think, no, wait a minute. That's a trap, is it not? How could I be too busy to give time to the one who is the author of time? How could I be too busy to give time to the one who gives me the next breath? talking about spending more time in the word this year this is part of our focus because if all you gets what i dish out on sundays you're not getting much okay i hope that we can take it and continue study and go deeper and deeper but but um spending time in his word and if we have time for the one who gives us everything what if god says "Oh, i'm too busy to give you that next breath sorry we make time for what we really want, but um, uh, others are afraid that if I totally make myself available to God, then he'll give me even more to do. Um, your pastor might, but God won't. What he wants to do is, is replace. So there's, a, there's a, a piece of paper. I started to bring it with me, but then knowing me, I would lose it. But it's been on my desk for a few years. Sometimes I cover it up with other papers, but if you go in there and look, you'll see it. I want to pay attention to it this year. I've tried to use that, but this year I'm going to do better. You know what it says? Spend more time doing things that matter. Quit wasting time on things that don't. Amen. I've got that there so I can see it every day. I need to pay attention to it more and more. Amen. Here's what, here's what God tells us. You remember this blessed Psalm, Psalm 23, verse 2. He says, he makes me, when I'm following my shepherd, the Lord Jesus, right? He is, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. That's talking about peacefulness. That's not talking about hectic craziness, is it? That's what he wants to give us. He's interested in rest and refreshment. He wants us to live whole and balanced lives. He doesn't want us to be working all the time or feeling like we got to be busy all the time. If we really give our life to Christ, he's probably not, listen, this is what I found. He's probably not going to add on more as much as he's going to take away some stuff that is clutter and that we're going to operate better and more efficiently without. The thing is, we believe a lie that we can't let go of those things. I know, I know, me too. Yes. So God's the one who will teach us to relax. And I saw this acrostic a while back. And I think I got it from Rick Warren, one of his devotionals. And I thought, I'm going to use that. So I have to give credit here that I'm going to borrow it. Anything anybody throws out there that I can use, I'm just letting you know I'm using it. Right, 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 right. Uh, Okay, yeah. Um, Whenever you use one source, that's pleasurism. When you borrow from everybody, that's well-researched, right? Okay, so now you know. All right, so here it is. It's called Relax. R E L A X. R, realize my worth. E, enjoy what I already have. L, limit my labor. A, adjust my values. And since very few things start with the letter X, we're X, change my pressure for God's peace. That's good, isn't it? It's a good way to how to relax. Uh, R-E-L-A-X. We, we can remember that, all right? So it's, it's in the online notes if you've got those or write that down so you can remember it. I've tried to come back to this time and time again. So real quickly, very quickly, quickly, let's go through because we're all busy, right? we got to rush. Maybe I should just slow down here. And, okay. <laughs> realize my worth. Part of relaxing, of rebooting, and cleaning up things this year in my heart and mind is to realize my worth. The reason why a lot of us overwork is because we, listen to me. All right, I'm right there. We confuse our work with our worth. In America, we get our primary identity from what we do. We meet someone after we find out what their name is. The next question is usually, what do you do? And, you know, sometimes I'm reluctant because there's been times I've been somewhere and that what do you do thing comes up. And whenever I tell them I'm a pastor, it's like the walls go up, you know, right? You know, and I I told Clarissa, I said, sometimes I'm having a good conversation with someone. And, you know, I'm even able to work, you know, some positive things in the Lord in there. But once they find out I'm a pastor, it's like, ah, you know, it's like. You know, more than six feet distance separation, right? So it's kind of like, you remember that old haircut song that Ray Stevens used to sing, you know, about getting a haircut, you know? And and he, you know, boy, what do you, you know, talking about hate musicians and all that. Boy, what do you do? And he would always say, I'm a logger. Anybody remember that song? Okay, you'll have to Google it. I, I thought that's, that's what I think about every time. Whenever somebody says, what do you do? I almost will say, I'm a logger, you know? But, uh, but anyway, we were having a, a, an awesome conversation with a dynamic couple sitting by us uh, when we were on the last uh, trip, on last cruise. And, you know, and all this coming along, I'm kind of working things in, and and, um, and, and they're just great people, I could tell. But uh, pretty soon, he goes, he goes uh, so... By the way, what do you do over there in Hartville, Missouri? <laughs> I said, I don't think I'm a weirdo or anything, but I said, I'm a pastor. <sighs> no, I didn't do that. I said, I'm a pastor. And you know what? I kind of, you know, he was a little surprised. But his wife, I remember her name is Renetta, she said. Glory to God, I knew it. She said, I could just tell by the way you're talking. She said, I'm involved in ministry too. And man, we just, it was just awesome. The, the fellowship and just the connection that we had there, I enjoyed that so much. But you never know what kind of reaction that you're going to get uh, when that comes up. But, but a lot of times we confuse who we are with what we do. And I want to tell you, the Bible doesn't teach that. Um, or maybe you were put down when you were a kid, maybe by a parent. Uh, our coach or teacher that just told you were no good and all that. I hate that if that happened, but it could have. Um, so now you're still trying to prove your worth to everyone, trying to prove your worth. You don't have to do that with God. The antidote is to realize what God already says. It did, you know I want to please everybody else, but it really doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about me. The only one that matters is God, okay? And he's the only one that I'm going to stand before in judgment, not you guys, but God. And so I need to know what he thinks about me. And here's what He says, he says this in James 1:18 of his own will James tells us he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be kind of a firstfruits of his creatures. Now that first fruits not only means primary, but first, but you know, like most important, okay? I like the way the New Century Version renders this passage from the Greek. I like the way it renders it into our thinking and our, 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 our thoughts and words. It says it this way. God decided to give us life through the word of truth. So we might be the most important of all the things he made. You get that? You're the most important of all the things that God has made. Uh, God says you matter more than the rest of creation. So guess what? You can relax. You don't have to prove your worth to God. I won't tell you how much you're worth to God. You're worth so much he gave his son to die on the cross for you. Look at the price he's already paid. What kind of worth is that? That's what he thinks you're worth. Amen. Wow. Yeah, God doesn't make junk. He made you. God's knows what he's doing. He loves you. It doesn't matter what other people say. God's the one who counts. need to realize just how valuable. Let's have another verse. What did Jesus say about it? Matthew 6, verse 26. He said, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Aren't you more valuable than the birds and the animals? That he takes care of? Of course you are. Three things that we need to understand. You'll and, and that's this. I don't have this up there, but they're, I think, on the online notes. Three things that you need to know. And one is, you'll never understand how much God loves you here on earth. You, even, you can grow in your understanding, but you'll never know completely how much God loves you. And I think throughout heaven, we'll have the ability to continue to learn and know. And we will continue to know more and more and more about the depths of God's love. And it'll never end. We'll never get to the end. End of it. You'll never know. And then secondly, there's nothing you can ever do in this life that will make God love you more than he already does. God's love isn't like our love. We're performance based. God's is not. He's told us he loves us with an everlasting love. There's nothing that you can do to make him love you more and that's hard enough to process, but the flip side is also true, number three, and that is there's nothing you can ever do that will make God love you any less. Because we're not that way. We think if we really let each other down, you won't love me anymore. That is not true with God. Amen? Not true with God. Your love is not, His love for you is unconditional. It is not. Based on performance. Even when his people Israel were rebelling. And Isaiah was writing prophecy. And this was going to apply to the time. That many of them were carried off into captivity. And the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. And it might look like God was done with them. And he probably should have been done with them. But he's always a God of mercy. Always a God of grace. Always a God who gives us his favor. Instead of the judgment. And he gave them that as well. And he wanted to remind them of that. I forgot about you. This is going to be when they're in captivity. Isaiah 49, 16. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. They're going to be crying out. Their walls have fallen down. God says, I know. i got my eye on it. I've written you. You're like tattooed on my hands. There's no way I can forget about you. That's how valuable you are. That's how much I think about you. He's trying to tell us and help us to understand. So, realize your worth. Enjoy, secondly, what you already have. Enjoy. Now, there's something. There's something. Amen. I ain't got it much, but do I enjoy what I got? That's terrible grammar. But you understand that that's so powerful. Ecclesiastes says, And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all of his labor. That's, that's, that's one of the, the, the things that uh, in Ecclesiastes, the preacher says, tells us that that we should eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labor. This is the gift of God. It is a gift of God that we could do that. You Be so preoccupied with getting more that you don't enjoy what you have. We toil and strive to get a beautiful home, then we're not home long enough to enjoy it. We get addicted to the desire to acquire. They have it, so we got to have it. We overextend financially. We all have to work more. We put our time into making payments for all these things. And meanwhile, relationships deteriorate. And then we don't even enjoy the stuff. Everything comes apart. Are we on the right track here? Is this true? When we find out that the greatest things in life aren't things. I mean, things can be a blessing. But the greatest things aren't things. Yeah, they're people. I've never heard anyone on their deathbed wish they'd spent more time at the office. We spend lives trying to accumulate, but we can't take them with us. And also, those who come after us, they won't appreciate how much work we put into them. They'll squander them. Ecclesiastes 5.10, he says, He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This is also vanity. In our American culture, it's considered a tragedy if you die penniless. But I'm thinking, what a better time to go, right? You know I appreciate I appreciate our beloved star pitcher for the Cardinals, as you know, Adam Wainwright. And Wainwright said this. After, even after getting a new contract a while back, he said, as has his family, that his daughters, you know, and how they have to work and, and get it, you know, like have to work for their allowance and things like that. But he went on to explain how, you know, they are involved in ministry. They're involved in giving. And he said that he wanted to give it away. He, and the point that, that got me was he said, I hope the last check I write bounces. Isn't that great? Wouldn't that be awesome if you could plan it that well? I hope the last check I write bounces. That's good. That's good. So we need to enjoy what we have. You may not have much, but do you enjoy? What God help us to realize our worth and to enjoy what we have. And also, we need to learn to discipline ourselves to limit our labor. In order to enjoy lying in green pastures, I haven't got time to lie down. What are you talking about? We need to make some tough decisions. I found out something. It doesn't just happen. I can't just, I'm going to claim by the power of God this verse in 23rd Psalm. I've got to make some decisions. I've got to be disciplined. But he's going to help me. Did you notice it says he makes me lie down in green pastures? Right. He makes me. He does have to make me many times. I need to schedule time. I need to be how oh, here's a word. You ready for a word? Be a word. Here comes a word. Intentional. Right. I need to be intentional because it's not just gonna happen about my relationship with God Almighty. Yeah, I've been saved, I've trusted him. But I've got to be intentional about that relationship. Just like our relationships and our families and our, our, our relationships, husbands and wives, we've got, to, we've got to be intentional about it. I've got to schedule time to be alone with God. I've got, I got to have time to be in his word to pray. I've got time to be with my family and other things. Um, now, this can be tough. <laughs> especially if you're on call all the time, if you're a farmer, right? right. But many of you guys, we talk about how sometimes when you're out there feeding the cows, you're out there, it's, it's time with God. You're, you're praying, you're talking to God, you're you're in fellowship with him. Um, I appreciate it, you know, because I grew up, there was never, I mean, the cows had to be milked twice a day every day, right? No days off. Um, but I appreciate growing up there. Man, I tell you, God has blessed me so much. And the older I get, the more I enjoy it. My parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents. Well, right there, Granny and Grant, my great-grandparents lived next to us. And Grant actually started, and my papa started the dairy. But I can remember as a kid, things were a little slower then, but it's a tradition that handed down from Gramps so on, on Sundays, we did the basic stuff. You know, if you had to do it, we did it. But not extra stuff, unless it was emergency. And taught us a little something about reverence for a day of worship. Um, this is also tough if you're a single parent, right? Uh, But all of us must set some perimeters. I need to set some boundaries in my life. Because you know what I found out? Are you still with me? Everybody? Everybody? Okay. It's not really as simple as a choice between doing good things and bad things. It's not that simple. Or even important things and unimportant things. Like I said in my little saying... Spend more time doing things that matter and quit wasting time on things that don't. It's not always just that simple. It can be good things. And it can be things that matter and things that are important. But sometimes it's not between good and bad. It's between good and best. I can get busy doing a lot of good things. that I have no time for the best. See? Um, I also feel like sometimes I can get so many irons in the fire that I put out the fire, right? Here's what, more wisdom from the Word. Ecclesiastes 10, 15. We're going to Ecclesiastes a lot, aren't we? All these years I've been here, I've wanted to preach all the way through Ecclesiastes. So keep praying on that one. He says, work wears fools out. They don't even know how to get home. That's New Century Version. That's, that's a good way to express what that verse is talking about. It just wears, when you're foolish, it just wears you out. And you're so tired, you can't even find your way home. Ugh, you know? That's almost funny, but it's true. A lady called a pastor one day, right? And she said, I called all day Monday, and I couldn't get through to you. And the pastor said, well, Monday's my day off. The lady said, well, ha! Pastor, I have you know that the devil never takes a day off. <laughs> And the pastor said, yeah. And if I didn't take a day off, I'd be just like him. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. One of the Ten Commandments has to do with this, right? Has to do with it. Remember when he talked about in Exodus 20, verse 9 and 10, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Now the deep, now stay with me, the deeper spiritual meaning in the new testament for the christian is not just fulfilled on one day a week on saturday or on sunday okay in colossians chapter 2 paul talked about not letting anyone judge you about fast feast or new moons or what you eat drink or sabbaths the deeper sense is this And the writer of Hebrews talks about this in chapter 7. Is that there remains a rest, a Sabbath, he says, for the people of God. Is that you and I keep the essence of the Sabbath as we rest in the finished work of Christ seven days a week. 24-7. So in a sense, I keep a Sabbath 24-7 as I'm trusting and resting in what Christ has done for me. But the principle of me needing a day to dial it down still stands. Now, obviously, we need this. God knew we needed it. He set the example. Sunday's not a good day for me. It's one of the busiest stressful days. What day am I getting? I've got some decisions to make. Even the computer needs to be shut down and rebooted to clean up files, right? Um, God didn't make our bodies and our minds to go 24-7. In Mark 2, Jesus said... That we were not made to serve the Sabbath, but it was made to benefit us, so you can get all legalistic about all this and you know add more rules, but Jesus tried this because they're always trying to accuse him of messing it up. Jesus said that man wasn't made for the Sabbath, the Sabbath was designed by God to benefit us. Lord help me hear this so according to what Paul's saying in Colossians about not judging concerning Sabbaths or days and things like that, whatever day you choose you should you should. Find one and find that time to get quiet before God to rest. Here, here, here's, here's, here's what we should do. Are you ready? And here's some notes. I think these are in the other notes. First of all, rest your body. Our bodies need rest. Even if you work out all the time, you're going to tear things up. The rest day is as important as a workout day. Okay, but our bodies need rest. Our bodies actually do. Not only do our bodies need rest, our minds. We rest our body, recharge our mind and emotion, and refocus and refresh our spirit, our spiritual part. What would happen? What would happen if I rested my body and let my blood pressure come down for a while? Uh, Jesus stepped away from the crowds at times. Did you have you not read that? So I have to ask myself. Is what I'm doing more important than what Jesus was doing? He stepped aside from time to time. And my mind and emotions, to recharge them, it's hard to think clearly and deeply when your mind is tired. And I want to tell you, sometimes my mind gets tired. And sometimes, and that's a problem on Sunday mornings. We stay up, listen, we stay up late. We rush around. We do other things. We stay up watching movies. Do this, And we, Sunday morning, we're all tired and everything. And we rush to church. And our minds are cluttered. What happens if we take time to dial it down and and when we come in to worship together we 're ready to feed our souls and worship god we 've been worshiping before we get here, and we, we need some quietness. we need some recreation we do it lets the mind and emotions clear up, it lets the brain reboot and then refocus and refresh our spirit worshipping God it worship puts things back into perspective in time in the word and in worship and in prayer. it helps us get things back together. You need to come together with the church. Um, those who keep putting other things ahead of gathering to worship, you're going to cheat yourself out of a lot God wants to do. So we do this. We rest the body, recharge the mind and emotions, refocus and refresh the spirit. And so these things are going to affect all of you. Listen, this will affect your mental health. Amen? It will affect your physical health. It will affect your emotional health. It will affect your spiritual well-being. I know this, so Lord, help us to do it. Amen? It's a tremendous thing for us to work And then have this time to refresh and we'll be so much more effective in the work. I know that. I'll be better in my family life. I'll be less grouchy to my wife, perhaps. Right? Uh, You know, sometimes, sometimes I'm interrupting myself. um, But um, sometimes, you know, we have different definitions, right? Right? Well, you don't have to gripe about that. I'm not griping. I'm just stating facts, right? I'm just saying facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, I guess, never mind. Let's move on. Let's move on. Move on. Um, but if I do this, are you ready? Can we start wrapping this up? Okay. If we do this, I'll be healthier. Number one. I'll be happier, and I will be holier. That's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Adjust my values. Limit my labor, adjust my values. In order to reduce business in my life, I've got to change my thinking about what's important. Ecclesiastes again, 4-4. I realized he says, the reason people work hard and try to succeed. They are jealous of each other. This, too, is useless, like chasing the wind. That is so true. That's what motivates people a lot of times. Um, In Mark chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus reminds us what good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? So I need to remember that I have to adjust my values. What's most important here, right? keeping up with the Joneses. And if your name is Jones, I apologize because everybody's chasing you down, right? But anyway, uh, but and then the last thing is to exchange my pressure for God's peace. This gets at the root of your stress. There are three types of fatigue, they tell us. Physical fatigue, tired muscles... Uh, That can be replenished pretty quickly. Then there's emotional fatigue, tired emotions and feelings. This is more complicated. And then there's spiritual fatigue, a dry spirit. This is the deepest type of fatigue. Sometimes you might need a vacation. It's good to get away. But here's what I found out too. You've got to do this right. You need more than just time off to recharge your emotions and refocus your spirit. You need to have that relationship with God. I need to exchange my pressure for God's peace. I've got to be intentional about this as well. Because you can take a two-week vacation in Tahiti. But when you come back, guess what? The same problems are waiting on you right there. The pressures are still going to be there. So it means more than just getting away for a little while. It's when I'm away, do I readjust my values? Do I exchange my pressure for God's peace? And get a whole new strength and get a whole new perspective. A little child doesn't like to lay down, do they? Can I get a witness on that? How many of your kids just love to take naps? I have a whole different affection for nap time now. But it's a battle. It's like torture. Okay, it's time for you to take a nap. No! He makes me lie down in green pastures. If you're always working, never taking time to rest. It not only means you're breaking one of the Ten Commandments. It means it's a sign of immaturity. Yeah, babies don't like to rest. Sheep don't like to rest to lie down. Psalm 23, he makes me lie down. It's like he has to force me to do it. Has God ever had to make you lie down? Sometimes I felt convicted that if I don't make time to focus on him and to do all these things, he may just make me lie down. Listen to me. God can put you flat on your back anytime he wants. Yeah, he can. And so I want to learn to relax, and log off, and reboot and be renewed in 22. A new you in 22. Amen. Because here's why Jesus invites us. This is an invitation. Matthew 11, 28. Come to me. His hands are out for you and me. Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden. Anybody feel that way? Here's what he says he'll do. I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you. Now, yoke is used to hook up the oxen, the mules, whatever, and work. But he says, my yoke. He says, learn from me. Take my yoke. I'm gentle. I'm lowly in heart. And Guess what you'll find? You're not going to find it out there and all that stuff. But with me, he says, you will find rest for your soul. Not just your body and mind, but your soul. That is your mind, will, and emotions, the deepest part of you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father,